Hey everybody, if you have watched The Millennial Farmer, then you know I've got a pretty righteous Thunder Creek fuel trailer out here. Thunder Creek fuel trailers are built by farmers for American farmers. Right now, a lot of farmers are taking home fully loaded Thunder Creek trailers that are in stock near you with an average of only $1,300 down. Financing is of course subject to approval. You can check out thundercreek.com for product info, some stories from the field, and other great deals. That's thundercreek.com. What's up? It's Click Dick. What's going on? He's on my computer right now. <laughs> Look at Randy, it's Quick Dick. What a world we live in, eh? <laughs> Wait, you guys are looking pretty damn fancy there. You got mics and shit. And, you oh. should see the rest of the room is a complete tornado field, man. Yeah, I don't up. believe anything you see on the internet. <laughs> You've got a cool logo behind you. Yeah, you got a kick-ass logo. You know what? I actually had to change it. This is just, I keep this hanging here because I've got a green screen behind it. And this is like a cinder block wall. I'm in my basement right now. So this is, this is as extravagant as things really get. We are all in the basement right now. That's, that's where we are at. That's where the last guy was at. So in all reality, if, if a tornado hits or a force majeure or something like that, we're probably all going to make it. It's just like <laughs> planning ahead. <laughs> Oh, quick dick. All right. First, before I forget again, we should say who the guest is, which is Quick Dick McDick. And we're going to get into why his parents named him that. <laughs> and he's he's a farmer in and correct me if I'm wrong here, Mr. Quick, Mr. McDick. You are a farmer in Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Did I say that right? It, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not Saskatchewan. No, it's, it's Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. See, I was up in Regina a couple of years ago and they gave me a good like 30 minute lesson on how to say Saskatchewan. And more or less, you were just focused on the name of the city, Regina, making all of the funny jokes that you can with the name of that town. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're almost. I don't get it. I don't know. Because <laughs> it rhymes with pussy. <laughs> it rhymes with feline. <laughs> I don't know if it's because we're close enough to Regina or if it's because I've been to Estevan several times, but I knew, I knew that I'm, the city was calling. I'm that. sorry you had to go to Estevan too. That sucked for you, but. No, I was racing cars there. I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, but I didn't spend serious? too much time in the city. Okay. Right on. You call yeah. it. Yeah. Estevan is a city. It's, it's something. It's something. <laughs> it is something. <laughs> what do you farm up in Tufnell? I assume uh, canola. Well, we're, yeah, so we're like, it's a mixed farm, right? And so actually the, the name of the farm is the Barra Ranch and it's owned by a guy named Mark Rogers, actually. And we've got about 4,000 acres and we've got 350 head of cattle and we do a little bit of everything. So we're not doing oats this year, but uh, wheat, barley, canola, peas. Yeah. And then we do a little bit of silage and we've got some alfalfa and a whole bunch of grazing land and everything. So yeah, we, we do a little bit of everything. We don't have pigs or chickens at this point in time. So you're going to get some, no, no, listen, chickens are a different thing. You've got to have time. I feel like chicken people are more like just chicken people, you know, am, am I saying that right? Person. Am I going to get in trouble by calling them chicken people? But well, I've only, I've only had chickens as a hobby. I don't, but 
yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think you only that's get exactly eggs. what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like a different avenue, and you're just like, oh, let's go get some eggs and and whatnot, and then you can have a mass butcher every now and then, kind of thing. And I think it's only you only get in trouble if you call them crazy, like a like a crazy chicken lady. So I, I didn't, did I? Can we go back in the footage? Did I call them crazy? <laughs> I, I don't. No. I don't think you did. You just implied it. Correct. Yeah. Oh. It, it crazy, yeah. so we can add that in. That's right. I was never, <laughs> I was never that, that crazy. Yeah. I did name my chickens, but that's that was about the extent of my crazy chicken. Did you say you were never bat crazy or that crazy? Because that crazy, very, okay, that, yeah. that crazy. <laughs> it was bat. I was going to be like, we call it bat shit crazy. Where, where <laughs> yeah. we call it bat shit too. We're close enough to Canada. Hey guys, a lot of you know that I actually do a second podcast, which is called Fieldwork. We are back for an all-new season. We are now into season three. My co-host, Mitchell Hora, and I, we talk about all things sustainable agriculture. As we like to say, it is a podcast that is done by farmers for farmers. This season, we tackle things like financing farming innovation. We talk a lot about carbon markets, new sustainability standards in crops like cotton, and quite a bit more. We're actually going to focus a lot on Washington County, Iowa, which is the county down in southeast Iowa where Mitchell actually lives and farms. They have a really strong conservation culture down there. So we wanted to go down there. We spoke with a lot of different farmers about what started that conservation culture and why it exists, why it's so strong there, and why does it work. So make sure you listen. Check that out. Season three of the Fieldwork podcast is out now. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. We are also at fieldworktalk.org and Fieldwork Talk on all the usual platforms. Th- that that That's it. Actually, Minnesota is not that far away. I had I had one of the worst breakdowns I think I've had in quite some time on a motorcycle two years ago in Minnesota. Oh, well, I guess we got to hear this story. Oh, I was on this really cool motorcycle trip. So I'd, I actually, like, I've, I worked in the oil and gas industry in northern Alberta, Canada for like 20 years, right? Roughneck? No, not at all. Uh, I was in uh, in the completion side of things. And so we, it was actually in transportation. So it was more like a trucking company, but we did oil field trucking. Okay. And uh, which took me all the way up into like the Arctic Circle and a bunch of different places. And it was such a cool job. But anyways, long story short, I, I wound up leaving that career and coming back to Saskatchewan. And, and in between my transition, I did this huge motorcycle trip, which took me all the way across Canada from one coast to the next coast. And uh, down, I went as far down into Boston, down into the States, and then down into Las Vegas and over to California. We're all over the place. But uh, when I was on my own, I was coming through Minnesota and I'd left Postville, Iowa that morning. And I remember it really well because it was super nice. And it was like the first day I'd had where I left in the morning in a t-shirt. Like it was so nice out. And I was like, this is fantastic. So I'm cruising along and I get my, I make my way up into Minnesota and I'm coming across Minnesota. I can't remember the interstate that I was on, but I was like, man, it really looks like it's going to rain and get ugly. And like the, the clouds started coming in. I got no windshield. I got no nothing. Like I'm just riding, giving her hell. Right. And all of us, like, I was just like, this is, it's chilly and I'm starting to get goosebumps. I'm like, I don't like how the sky's looking. I may put my jacket and some rain gear on or whatever. And so I I did that and I got riding and uh, it started raining and it started raining hard. And then it got to the point where I was like, this is an obscene amount of rain and the wind was blowing. And, you know, I was, I was like leaning into the wind. So I'm riding like kind of half sideways 
And I swear, like there's lightning everywhere. And I feel like I was in the middle of a hurricane and I was getting quite worried. And I was like, there shouldn't be a hurricane anywhere near here because we're kind of inland. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) and I I found, uh, I I got behind this big truck because I drove truck before. I was just like, I'm just going to get in like his little wind tunnel that they pitch off the back of their trailer. And I'm just going to hang out there and ride this thing out. And hopefully this guy knows where he's going because all I could really see was his taillights and whatnot. So is hailing a little bit and I was going to try and hide under an overpass but then all of a sudden you could see this break in the weather off on the horizon and I was like oh thank goodness we're going to make it it's going to be fine so things started calming down a little bit everything's okay and all of a sudden it's just like a light shower the wind is gone I've rode through the eye of the inland hurricane and everything's going to be fine right so I'm like well it's time to shit and get I'm going to get out and get around this truck and uh, and start making some miles again here so I drop a gear and wheel out and pin it and this motorcycle of mine just goes just makes this horrible sound and all of a sudden I got nothing like it's not driving it's not doing anything I can't shift a gear it's just dead and initially I went with the Saskatchewan go-to of some bitch you know I pull it over to the side of the interstate and there's nothing. And does Jacksonville, Minnesota sound right? Jackson, Jacksonville, Jackson, Jackson, Minnesota, Jackson, Minnesota. I remember seeing a sign that I was like the, the next exit was, was two and a half miles or two miles, something like that. And I was like, okay, well, I guess they'll push this thing that far. So here I am in a pair of shit kickers and rain gear and I'm just walking this motorcycle along the interstate there in the rain. And there's two guys stopped and they're like, Hey, are you okay? And I explained to them what I got going on. I was like, I don't think you can really tow me. I'm just going to keep trucking her here. And I actually pushed that thing in the rain all the way up to this truck stop and started making phone calls from there and getting things figured out. And there, there's some guy who owned a towing company there and he's sending his son. That's going to come and haul me. I found a guy in, uh, south dakota i'll say it was sioux falls south dakota a guy the closest guy that could work on my motorcycle that's the way i was headed and this this guy from this garage he's like i'll send my son he's gonna come and he'll he'll give you give you a lift there whatever we'll get you loaded up i was like perfect so he comes and it's like a 1995 tahoe with this old trailer with two wheels on it he comes wheeling into the parking lot i'm like please tell me this is not the guy it's the guy and he comes (laughs) wheeling it and he's like you the guy with the broken motorcycle? I'm like the only guy in the whole place with a motorcycle <laughs> sitting beside it. I'm like, yeah, that's me. We get this bastard loaded up and strapped down with some rickety old straps. I swear this was happening outside of Tufnel, but I'm in Jackson, Minnesota. And this guy gets, we're all loaded up. We're going to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we're about to leave. P.S. You guys have the best country in the world for the simple fact that you can buy beer at truck stops because you can't really do that much in, in Saskatchewan here. I get in and I get in the passenger seat with this guy and he literally looks at me like something's wrong with me. And he gives me one of these. Let me give you an example. It's like this. He's like, where's your beer? (laughs) I'm like, well, I don't know. Am I allowed to have a beer in here? He's like, you can have as many beer in here as you want. I was like, well, hold on. I'll be back. Buy six tall boys from inside the gas station or wherever and come back out, sit down and pop one. And I go to put it to my lips and then I give him the old, do you want one? <laughs> and he's like, well, hell yeah, I want one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's the most I've ever felt at home in Minnesota. Ever. <laughs> oh, that's good so, stuff. We had, we had a very electric 
drive to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We, we traded some stories. I, I wish I could remember the guy's name. I've got it written down somewhere in the name of the garage and everything. They probably wouldn't be too happy with me if I shared it with everybody. So. Well, that's, that's the silver lining on the fact that your motorcycle broke down. There's, you know what, there's, there's always a silver lining to everything. It doesn't matter what you do. Like, I mean, you just got to look to the positive side of it. And I met that guy and I won't even, we can't talk about the night I had in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I won't ask. <laughs> Cause it was pretty good too, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. I, yeah, it was, it was really fun uh, cruising down around through the state. So it, Minnesota is really like, you guys aren't all that much different down there than we are up here. It's, no, not, it's so not even I, that far. I haven't been to Tufnell, but I obviously I've been to uh, Regina, Estevan. I've been to Mooseman. Yeah, it's not that different. So maybe a, it's a little flatter than where I'm at here, but yeah, like you go 50 miles from me up towards Fargo, North Dakota, and it's it's all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our milk comes in jugs here, though. Oh, Wait, don't even get. I had that written down that. for later. Well, we can get milk in jugs, but we would rather get it in a carton. You know what I mean? <laughs> What if you get in fancy places, you can get it in a bag, but that's more for people with like 10 people in their family and stuff. How's what what's happening with the dairy industry down there? Is this is this where the whole buttergate thing's happening that everybody's going crazy over? Or like what's happening with that? When you say buttergate, so I don't do dairy, never have. My family's never been involved in dairy. Had cattle mm-hmm. and hogs back in the day, but never been in dairy. But Randy grew up on a dairy farm. Grew up in dairy. Yeah. When he says Buttergate, I think I got an idea what he's talking to you. I, I don't. There's this right. whole thing going on right now where people are all butter that their butter's not spreading like it normally does or something like that. And then it's tracing back oh. to like palm oil and, and diets of, of dairy cattle and everything. And I'm just like, I don't know what anybody's talking about. Like the, the one square butter that I've got in the fridge, I've had it for about two months and I'm almost to the end of it and it's still fine. So I don't know what the big deal is, but yeah. that's amazing. Cause we well, burn through at least one stick of butter every single day in this house. No well, way. Probably at more least. than that. Yeah. We, we go through a lot of butter, but we don't even bother keeping our butter in the fridge. Cause we go through it so fast. Who puts I don't their think butter anybody in the does. Fridge? Like, I, I don't even know why I buy it out of the grocery store in the fridge because it comes home and I just leave it in a little foil thing on the counter. And then when I want yes. some, I eat some. So I far, I'm I, still alive. When I met Zach, he grew up keeping the butter in the fridge and he thought that I was trying to poison him when I left it out on the counter. And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just full of stories. And this might not be that electric, but I lived with a family from Nova Scotia, Canada, like which kind of like on the East Coast of Canada when I was in Grand Prairie. And this lady, uh, like, I didn't even know where I was living, but she would, uh, I rented a room in their basement and uh, she would, she would cook for everybody. And then she would, I would be out working like late nine times out of 10. I would be gone, you know, till two, three in the morning, come back in and then go to work at seven or eight the next day. But she would leave dinner out on the, on the counter, not covered, not anything, not in the fridge. Didn't matter if it was chicken, pork, beef, it didn't matter. And she would just put it away the next morning. And there'd always be a note that said just help yourself so where i come from my mother would have lost her mind and been like you can't have it out on the counter for that long you're gonna get salmonella and all that stuff or whatever and just like but i'd come in at three in the morning hungry and i didn't care i'd just eat it and that led to a whole lifestyle of me from there on out is just leaving shit out everywhere not really caring about (laughs) it so far i'm okay so you gotta wonder like is the whole refrigeration thing kind of maybe overstated a little bit or what I think, I think probably so. I'd agree yeah. with you on that. I, my, I mean, my experience has been similar. Like you don't, you don't, as soon as you're done with something, when I was growing up, you throw that back in the fridge. Becky doesn't operate that way. And I've 
pretty well grown accustomed to that. It doesn't matter what time of I, night. I, I wouldn't home. eat chicken that was left out overnight. I definitely wouldn't do that. Beef, I would question, but not chicken or pork. I don't know why, but. Right. But I wouldn't eat that either. But like a, a, a pizza or something or, you know, the jelly, the barbecue sauce, what like whatever. I'll eat that for days. Yeah. <laughs> See, but I'm kind of I'm kind of cool with chicken and everything being left out if it's cooked. Like if it's raw chicken, okay. Like yeah. I'll kind of draw a line there. You know what I mean? But well, then you can just give it the sniff test. Oh, like if it, if it's raw and you leave it out, you can just if, if it's raw chicken and it's warmed up, <laughs> chuck that shit in the garbage or give it to the cats. I'm not touching yeah. that. I, for some, I'm, I'm scared actually, of that. I'm actually with you on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm scared You're headed for a bad day. You're probably headed for a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it gets warm and it's not because it was getting cooked, you got to get rid of that. Yeah, that's that's true enough. Yeah. Uh, so okay. You guys are rocking the the Coors and Miller lights there, or what's going on here tonight? The Coors, the Miller lights. We had some of. The, actually, we got a a box of the old like the banquet Coors, the golden ones that Ooh. we had earlier, but they didn't Coors make it in the basement. Yeah. Really nice. Yourself? Yeah. What are you uh, rocking? Well, I'm drinking Saskatchewan beer. Great Western. They brew it right in the, in Saskatoon. They use 100% malt barley from Saskatchewan, which is nice. pretty awesome. So, yeah. Is it like 7.5% alcohol? No, this is this is lights because I didn't want to get too lit while I was talking with you guys. I think these are four and a halfs. It, it's that, light beer. That's like a state's beer. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, it's when, uh, when I'm not allowed to drink, I, I drink Great Western lights. When, when you're not it's just like it's drink. only four percent, so it's it's like you're not drinking anyways. So yeah, it doesn't fine. even water is like three percent. Isn't Canada's beer like typically stronger, like your regular strength, like it a non light beer? It's usually like five and a half, six percent is what you usually find. There's there's some other stuff that gets really turned up, like Wildcats or you know some of that stuff that's gets up into the like seven and a half and eight stuff. But I don't know. I just. I like running these because if you got one of these in the cup holder, when the cops pull you over, they're like, Oh, I see you're not drinking. You're just having a great Western, right? You're like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, like, no, I thought never yeah. drink and drive. I thought in Canada, they're not, they're not cops. Aren't they Mounties? They're Mounties. Yeah. We Mounties. call them cops, Mounties. There's a few other things that we call them, but uh, I don't call them that. <laughs> actually, we got uh, really good Mounties around here. They're actually, uh, we've got pretty good law enforcement here in Canada. Yeah, it's true. In most places, at least in rural Saskatchewan, we've got fantastic law enforcement. So I would imagine rural Sask, Alberta, like that's pretty. Yeah, the, like the that's thing pretty is much northern Montana. Yeah. So, so like, how does it work down there? Because like if, if you guys get if you get a sheriff that comes into the county or whatever, that's like kind of a dick. Like and I use that word loosely because my name's Dick, so I can kind of say it no matter what. And <laughs> but like. Do they get quite a bit of shit from like people around there and they get straightened out and kind of know how things roll and everybody just like everybody's cool. And it does seem like it until you get to the federal side, like, uh, like our fish and wildlife officers, our conservation officers, there's no give with those guys. No way. They got picked on a lot in high school. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. We've got really good COs. We call them COs here or whatever, right? But we got really good COs. Actually, one of them here actually hunts on on some of my land here or whatever. And they're oh, they're great guys. It's but like there's kind of no room for for dickwads around here. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like you're kind of going to get along with everybody, or you're not going to have a good time here. So yeah, you're going to want to go somewhere else in a hurry, probably. Huh? That's right. But yep. they pick they pick up pretty fast when you've got somebody that's not from around here that's here causing shit. They kind of learn that fast too, you know what I mean? So it it works good. And I 
I wish that law enforcement could work like that in a lot of different places, just for the simple fact that, and the Mounties do that a lot here. I don't know what they do down there federally, but like the Royal Canadian Mounted Police here actually get, they get hopscotched around a lot of different communities throughout their career so that they don't get too comfy with one community, which I get, but I don't like it that way either. It's just if a person's a member of a community, they're kind of going to know who the jack wagons are and who aren't. And they're going to. Yeah, it would make more sense that way. Right. Yeah. But but I get why they do that, because they'd be like, oh, I quick, they pull me over a quick dick. You had a couple drinks tonight. Yeah, I've had it. Well, I'm just going home, though. I'm right over here. Okay, well, we'll talk to you later. Well, a new cop in town ain't going to let me do that. Right. Not that I'm insinuating that I would ever drink and drive. But with that was the situation that was going on you know what i mean purpose of the story (laughs) yeah for the purpose of the story i was uh yeah to make a point (laughs) (laughs) so what's like you guys are doing lots of podcasts all the time or what like i think everybody's doing podcasts now i feel like i need to do a podcast just to start a podcast it seems that way it's gotten really really maybe watered down yeah there are podcasts everywhere so the the podcast this podcast started because I wanted to do something where like, I don't have to filter myself at all, which is what my YouTube channel kind of became, which is fine. I can deal with that. But I also wanted to just sit down and have these conversations with people where you can talk about the Canadian Mounties not letting you drink and drive and stuff. Right. And <laughs> Those I can bastards. Yeah. yeah. Man, I was going to ask you that. Uh, I feel like I'm taking over a little bit here right now, but I'm going to, I'm just going to roll it here, but I was going to ask you how, like, you do a really good job of, of like, of like staying clean on your YouTube channel and like bringing information to a lot of people. And and just, I've really noticed like people up here even have been like, have you seen the millennial farmer? Have you seen the millennial, millennial farmer? I'm just like, like, yeah, I've, I've seen some of his stuff. It's actually pretty good. And I've had a lot of like older people go, you should be more like that. So we can watch all of your stuff. And share it <laughs> just like, don't, no. that's, that's probably good advice. right? Oh, <laughs> I probably don't have to tell you this. But like, don't do that. Don't change your style, man, because you honestly have something that is unique. Like there's nobody else that I've seen doing the type of stuff that you do, which we'll get into it a little more here because I got some questions. But what you do probably takes a shit ton of work compared to what people see on camera, which I think is a case (laughs) in most situations. But I I think that with what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think that's the case in a lot of situations. There's a lot more to it, even like you know, someone will be listening to this podcast that you're doing. I mean, and you guys are going to have to go through and you're going to edit it and do all this different stuff. And then you're going to upload it on how many different platforms and everything. And it's, it it is, it's time consuming, right? Well, and it was really, really difficult to get through all of your people to get to you just to line this up. Yeah. They're extravagant individuals. I keep myself very shielded uh, to the point where, uh, (laughs) yeah. As well, I you know what, bed, my yeah. mom, if my mom wants to call me, she's got to go through four levels of Quick Dick McDick production screening. Uh, I, I don't blame you. Uh, yeah. As I laid <laughs> in bed at 630 this morning, texting you and Randy, it was, it was difficult. Like I, I actually sent you the message while I was sitting down peeing in the morning. <laughs> now is that a thing is that a thing about keeping the toilet clean or what like how well are you trained here like oh well, it's on? it was 6 30 in the morning you know like so do you wake up first thing in the morning and and stand in the dark to take a leak like yeah but i live by myself so it kind of doesn't matter see but then you got to <laughs> clean that up i know i'm just gonna sit down keep everything clean it's- sit there check my instagram maybe shoot quick dick a message I might get in shit here, but BMA from my videos is actually my dad. And he's 
taken to a life of sitting down when he pees because he actually started cleaning the toilets every now and then. And he's like, I can't believe I did this to your mother for this many years. (laughs) Yeah. I have tons of friends that bitch and complain about their toilets in their houses constantly having pee on. And I have to say that that is something that I have never had to deal with in my house. And we have a boy also. And Zach, whatever he has passed down, I am thankful for because it's not a thing in our house. We got good aim. Yeah. I don't know why, but I saw that. And I don't know where I saw it. I can't keep track because I really like I honestly for a guy that's I don't watch YouTube or any of that stuff very often. Right. Unless I'm trying to fix something and then I watch it religiously because I'm the same way. Yeah, that's what I use it for. And apparently to upload videos. But anyways. I don't know where I saw, but it was some, some guy had his wife who was quite upset that he had been uh, making a mess on the toilet all the time, actually gave her a garden hose to, to hold between her legs. And he was like controlling the faucet and gave her a pail, <laughs> gave her a pail to hit with the hose. And he's like, well, you try it and see how easy it is. Kind of thing. So, so he like off the start, he like cranks it open. It's just like, and he's like, ah! so she gets it under control and she's hitting it. And then he slowly starts turning it off at the end. Oh my God. <laughs> and she's like, I didn't realize it was that hard. <laughs> I thought that was, that oh, was pretty funny. Uh, we haven't even gotten into like who Quick Dick is here, besides a farmer in Sas- Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Quick Dick McDick is another YouTuber, but he does not do YouTube videos like I do. This guy's. He's fucking funny. They're pretty he's, hilarious. He's, yeah, they're they're really good. Like, no there's thanks. a lot of play on words, and like, I get the feeling that you like, even though there, I can tell there's a lot of work in it, and you know what you're gonna say, and you rattle it off quickly, and it's entertaining, but you are 100 percent yourself when you're doing this. There's clearly no filter. <laughs> I'm pretty much me. So that, like, to a certain extent, and like, there's like this conversation we're having right now, like this, this is me, this is who I am kind of thing. And I just, I like having fun with life because we don't got a lot of life that we get to live here. And it's just too short to be walking around humdrum with a frown on your face. And you really need to look at things that you have going on in everyday life and be able to enjoy them. I remember for a long period in time in my life, even in the oil field, getting into management of oil field companies and stuff like that, it, it got to the point where there's just, you just couldn't find happiness anywhere kind of thing. And I was like, it, life, I got to a point where I was like, life really shouldn't be that way. And I remember growing up here in Saskatchewan is that I was just, I was happy and having fun all the time. And, and you know, since I've come back and just been like, this, is, that's how I want to live my life. You can really just have fun with everything. And even I've got to the point now, and it's, it's almost like, you know, YouTube and, and quick Dick is kind of an outro to a lot of the stuff where, you know, I'll have a day. It just happened the other day where it's going to plow a neighbor's driveway and put a couple bales out for their cows because they couldn't start their tractor because it was 50 Celsius below and hit a bump with the tractor and smashed the, the latch wasn't quite right on the door and it went flying open in the wind and smashed against the tire. And windy I kind of looked at Yeah, <laughs> windy today. And I, <laughs> I kind of looked at it and I was like, I like, I laughed. I was like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I was like, Oh, this will make a good quick dick. And like, and I think when people look at stuff like that and they see somebody else laughing at them, maybe when it happens to them, they're still going to be upset, but they'll be able to laugh at it a little bit too, because quick dick laughed at it. And I mean, really like, what are you going to change? 
it's shit and it happens and it happened and there's nothing you can do about it now, but just kind of laugh at it. You know what I mean? I hear you. I mean, I completely agree. Like you say on a situation like that, Hey, I mean, what are you going to do? You fix it, right? It happened. Last time I checked, you can't, you can't rewind and go back and, and not hit the bump as fast or change the wind or go back two weeks ago when you looked at that door latch and you were like, that thing is really going to fuck me one of these days. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Today's <laughs> the day. <laughs> so what do you do? Like you, you just, yeah, I'm generally, that's who I am kind of thing in, in real life and every day. And I put a little, a little bit more into it kind of thing when you're, when you're maybe on camera to do something like you can make something that's pretty electric, a little more electric, you know, yeah. just like changing your voice or you do, you give your eyebrows one of these kind of thing or swear a little bit more. And, and you can tell, it. you can tell that, you know, when I watch the video, I think everybody can tell that, but that's the, like you say, you're taking something electric and making it more electric. You're still quick dick. Yeah. You're I'm, not saying like, stuff you wouldn't say otherwise. Straight up. Yeah. I just do my thing and I don't know, people seem to identify with it, but I mean, I just, I think the reason that people find it funnier or they're like, Hey, that's kind of cool or whatever is because it's everyday life kind of stuff. It's all, it's just what I do. It's you what everybody a, does. You had a video I watched earlier today, coffee row. I think it was called coffee row, coffee row. And we were laughing so damn hard in the office. So it's the same everywhere you go. So we've got an old guy, Bob, is our uh, tillage guy, 82 years old. He's at the shop every day, all day. Uh, I already runs. like Bob. Just to, just to be straight, I already <laughs> like Bob from this story. Right. Yes. <laughs> so he, he does our tillage in the spring and the fall, and he goes up for his for coffee roll every day. It gets to the point where we, we feed him info to send up there with to see how long it takes to get back to us. <laughs> we'll, we'll, like if we're getting a new tractor, we'll tell them it's something else that we're getting. And then we send it up there. And then pretty soon, you know, dib dolls are buying a red tractor. We'll hear, you know, and then we, we kind of take bets on how long it'll take to get back to us. And so oh. we we're laughing so damn hard when, when uh, you did that video. It's, it's spot it's glorious. On. And I think it's really the same everywhere. There's a, there's a funny story behind the video coffee row. I feel like there's a funny story behind everything, but anyway, so, so my mom is a fantastic individual and she hundred percent is totally fine with everything that I do or whatever. I mean, I hope so. I'm a grown man and I don't live any at their house or anything like that, but that's not your mom's town. basement. Wait, this <laughs> d- d- mom, <laughs> mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> Turn the dryer off. I'm on a podcast here. God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's a small town in, in Foam Lake is actually like closest to Topmall. It's like the major center where the, all the stores and grocery stores are and everything, right? It's where and, you go for uh, groceries. That's yeah, that's, how, where you go that's for how you know what the center hub is. That's right. You go for mail in Topmall, groceries in Foam Lake. It's yep. yeah, exactly. So anyways there's a flower shop there and she works at the flower shop sometimes because she doesn't do enough in a day. She's got to do something else to stay busy kind of thing. So that's what she does uh, every now and then. Have you guys seen the video uh, called cock your bin? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So this was immediately following the cock your bin video, which there's about 10,000 views less displayed on it on YouTube. actually had because I had to take it down 
because we had to have a little bit of a, a heart to heart as a mother and son. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd, I'd put it up there. But can you imagine this poor lady is in a flower shop in, in the town of Foam Lake and and she doesn't follow me on any of this stuff or she oh did. Oh my God. She does now. Some <laughs> local person comes walking and waving their phone. Did you see the video quick things that called cock your bin? She didn't know, and that so that didn't go very well at all whatsoever. Once she started talking to me again, and I was like, "We need to talk about what the problem is here. Why you won't talk to me anymore?" <laughs> and, so I was like, "Okay, here's what's going to go on, Mom." So she, I, I showed it to her. I watched it. I explained where the jokes I was making and everything, and how it's kind of an innuendo of what I'm doing. And I was Wait, like, "There was an the, innuendo there." No. But I told her there was. So oh, okay. I hope she's okay. not watching this because yeah. Anyways. <laughs> So I was like, here's what I'll do. I was like, I'm going to put that back up. I was like, but I will bet you that I can do a video without swearing and make it just as funny. I was like, if I put this back up, I'll do one that you will be able to go show anybody you want to on your own phone. So I, I got her linked into YouTube so she'd know when I put up a video and everything. And so she could watch them. So no one would come in with, with information that she did not have already. And then I, <laughs> I, I immediately did coffee row following that one and put it up and then i just got a text from her be like that was fantastic so <laughs> from then on cock your bin has been safe yeah little richard you can you can come back home and live in my basement again <laughs> so like, you're the one that named me dick like you started <laughs> <laughs> i was actually gonna ask you that like what's your real name so my real name is dick dixon is my first name so dixon dick for short so I've been a dick all my life. I could tell. Um, yeah, I, I grew up that way. And my last name's DeLorme. So Dixon DeLorme is, is my actual name. Well, I was going to add, typically we tell a lot of dick jokes on the off the husk. And it is a little awkward. You are our first dick on the show. I'm well. Are you telling me I'm your first dick? I've only been in this situation a couple of times in my life. This is my first. First of all, I'm going to ask you to relax. Oh my god! Well, I'm glad you were our first dick. (laughs) Well, you're the first that's glad I'm your first dick. I can tell you that. (laughs) But uh, I don't know why, like where this all started off. Why I picked Quick Dick McDick, but. I tried using it on my Tinder profile and I got nothing off of it. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, I, I I think my Tinder was broken, actually. I would guess. It is a Canadian yeah. thing, maybe. Yes. It might be. Might have been something to do with the with the data or the or the network here or something, I think. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't get any matches. Well, except a guy named Earl, and he didn't seem like he's my type. No, you don't you don't want to swipe whatever direction you want to make <laughs> yeah. sure you swipe the correct direction i don't know which way you're supposed to go but yeah i'm not sure i just put it down and just like made a running thing with my fingers on it to to make it an easy process and then somehow i matched with a guy named earl and i <laughs> it, his lipstick seemed nice but i don't know he just didn't see- <laughs> <laughs> we, we were at a convention with a younger kid it was an FBN convention. Yeah, I know, I know exactly. And, yeah. he's, and he's sitting there with his phone and he kept saying, I think he was saying swipe left, sort later. Or maybe I'll swipe right, sort later. I don't know. You must you must swipe one way to, to put him in a queue or something. So he'd sit there and just as fast as he can, swipe left, sort later. <laughs> oh, my God. He'd invite them all, right? He'd invite every one of them. And then, he'd, and then if they accepted, it, then later. he'd figure it out later. Yeah. 
this whole app world is just is taken off. You know, there's Tinder for all this stuff. There's have you guys get stuff like down there where you can like order food with an app? Like uh, not, right here, not no. here. I guess in our in Alexandria, which is the big town, twenty That's miles. That's where we away. go for groceries. Alexander is the grocery town. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. 20, 20 miles from us, there's, I think there's three companies now in Alec that there's uh, Food Dudes and Uber Eats and in, another one. Yeah. In Alexandria. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So oh, we're yep. too far. We've got one in Canada here called uh, Skip the Dishes, is what it's called. Nice. Which is I love kind of that neat, idea. Did yeah. you just bring you paper plates? Yeah, it's, just, food they, also. it's an app you order from the restaurant and they just bring everything in like a hot bag and, and drop it off at your place. And I was like, obviously, we don't have anything like that around Tofnell because you'd have to do it on a snowmobile and then things would probably be chilly by the time you got them there. But ours I, do the same thing, but they deliver it in a bag. Yes. So like, yeah, same kind of same kind of thing. <laughs> but I, I, I just I'm I'm still trying to figure out how I work. Like my gears are turning, trying to figure out the fact that Dick said hot bag. <laughs> you trying to call me a bag of dicks right now? Is that where this is headed to? I wasn't, but damn it, your gears were spinning better than mine. <laughs> so, so they call this skip the dishes or whatever. And I just I had it hit me here the other day, and I want to come up with an app that has nothing to do with food. It's going to be a drunk driving app. So if you're at the curling rink or the local bar or something like that, you can you can hit this thing on an app and we'll call it Skip the Ditches. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, usually yeah. that's where you wind up if you try driving home from the curling rink after one or two. Yeah. Too many. So, yeah. But we'll see. I'm looking for investors. So let's see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. If, if you're at the curling rink. Yeah. yeah that's I, yes. We, we got actually, some curling we, clubs, but nobody's been to them. Yeah. So what's the, what's going on? Are you guys, uh, what's happening like COVID pandemic wise down in your guys' neck of the woods? My well, guess I'm currently is... upstairs with COVID in our house. So <laughs> we, Hold on. COVID... I got to put a mask on my speaker so I don't get it from you. <laughs> yep. You better. <laughs> Not safe. Well, you got, you got the beard that should protect. It, yeah. Actually, uh, if I had my glasses down here, you can actually get it right up. <laughs> there you go <laughs> put a bungee strap around that <laughs> if you get your sunglasses underneath it and then put them on it's you're good yeah yeah it's way better than an n95 yeah <laughs> my guess is covid here is pretty similar to rural sask yeah i mean like if you go to minneapolis st paul area or duluth you don't go in a place without putting a mask on because you're supposed to you know yeah i got gotcha. you like yeah. where, where we're sitting here well even from here from here west is way less than here east. Yeah. People yeah. are over it. It seems like nobody cares yeah. from here to Seattle. Once you get out there, they care. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I got you. Is it like affected your guys' life very much? Is like as far as how things have gone operations wise or well not really. I'm an I'm an egg also, so in that aspect, no. Our kids' school has been dramatically affected, I would say. That's kind of the movie. biggest thing. Yeah. The school and the sports, kids sports. I mean, that's what's yeah. been affected the most. Are, are they are they letting kids play sports down there or what's happening? So Onyx plays hockey with a mask on. Like they have they have mas they have masks built into the helmets, but then they get in the locker room, they yank the helmets off and they're spitting all over each other, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, they can only tie their skates in the locker room. There's just so many they can't bring their bags in, they can't actually change in the locker room. Like there's just so many crazy little rules that really weird rules. 
parents yeah. got to have a mask on when you're watching hockey, but you can all stand together and go to the bar afterwards and take them off because you're eating. Because yeah. that, yeah, makes sense, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've kept away from doing any any of that stuff on my channel or any of this stuff. Just yeah, it's just it's tough on kids for sure. It's same thing around here, like high school sports. You know, hockey they cancel games. They've only got practices, and you got to have a mask on on the ice and stuff. And it just yeah, I feel bad for the kids in this whole scenario for sure. That's who I feel the worst for the kids. And then, and then the elderly, the people that are stuck in the homes that can't yeah, get out, you know, absolutely. and elderly, especially yeah. God dang. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's another situation where just like, I, I'm very, very fortunate. And this is another thing where, you know, when you laugh at stuff and look at things that make you happy and you're having a good time, like I, I, I just appreciate the ability that I have right now to be able to continue to do what I'm doing because it really hasn't affected what we do at all whatsoever you know, we started calving here a couple of days ago and we planted last year, we harvested, we hayed, like nothing changed. It's just, right. I'm just really fortunate that that's the case. And I haven't had to worry much about contracting an STD in the last little while. Cause you're not really allowed to see anybody. So there's that. <laughs> like, on the other hand, on, uh, your, your forearm's been sore. No, it's not. That's a tough <laughs> There's a yeah, second there. I wondered like, if anyone we're else We're back, baby. That. No big deal. I remember how to do this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about arm wrestling, right? That's what we were talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with masks With on. a stranger. <laughs> stranger arm wrestling, yeah. <laughs> Everybody likes saving money including myself, and a great way to save money right now is by paying 0% interest, which means you're actually not paying any interest because it's 0% when you're financing your inputs for next season. That's a no-brainer. Over at FBN Direct, they've got the 0% Club, where if you spend $35,000 or more on inputs through their online store by March 31st, you'll get 0% financing through FBN Direct all season long. Of course, you have to be approved first, but that's standard stuff. And for our friends north of the border, up in Canada, you'll need to spend 50 grand in Canadian dollars in order to get the same deal. Don't forget, membership at FBN is now free, so there's nothing holding you back from saving money on what you need for the growing season. Along with the savings, make sure you check out their other financing offers, crop marketing intel, crop insurance, and health coverage. There's nothing else for farmers like FBN, so go ahead, check it all out at FBN.com. All right. How did you come up with the idea of quick dick mcdick how long you been doing it it's been about a year i guess just a little over a year that's um, it yeah yeah, God, yeah straight up. how so, many subscribers do you have now i, I don't know like uh, 60 some thousand i think i, I don't watch yeah. it that close it 60 and, uh, something i look today yeah but like it's uh i'm, <clears throat> I'm nowhere near where you guys are <laughs> and so i just but like i, I don't know i but I in the first really year want. that's pretty dang good yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, like, the metrics on it. And I, I don't watch my subscribers and views that close. Maybe I should watch them closer. I should try and watch my comments closer, too. But, like, I, I guess I kind of don't, and I should. It's hard when you're just one person. Yeah, it's, it, it's a lot. And I get, the feeling, I get the feeling that you might be a little bit like me, where you're just not that worried about the metrics. You're doing what you like to do. And if somebody wants to watch, that's awesome. But you're not going to sit down and worry about the numbers on it. You couldn't have said it better, Zach, actually. is It's just, we can go back to where I started the stuff. I started putting this stuff up because I just, I just wanted people to laugh. It, it was, it was a huge, huge part that had kind of been missing from, from my life for quite some time because of a whole bunch of different reasons that I had going on at the time. 
but I just remember missing laughing and just being able to just laugh all the time. And I started doing this. It was at the start of this motorcycle trip that I was talking about a while ago, I'd actually, so I'd changed my phone number and a whole bunch of different things. I'd like, I'd completely left the career and life that I had in Northern Alberta behind to come back to Saskatchewan. And I wanted to get away from like social media and a whole bunch of people and everything. And I was like, just go kind of back to my roots. So I was leaving on this huge motorcycle trip all by myself. And I kind of had no concrete plan. And I've got a mother that worries quite a bit. And my one brother, I've got two brothers, one older, one younger. They're incredible, amazing individuals. And my one brother was like, dude, you can't just kind of leave and not be like, hey, you know, I'm here today and I'm alive and it's no big deal. And I was like, well, I'm not going to text everybody every day. He's like, just he's like, he convinced me to download Snapchat. And he's like, terrible idea. I <laughs> like the worst idea ever. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, he's like, just put it to your story once a day. So then you don't have to text 20 people or whatever. He's like, just put to your story, like where you are and put your face in it. So we know you're alive and it's not somebody else with your phone. And that's all we need to do. And I was like, okay. So I did it. And I kind of got Snapchat figured out. And I was uh, like, do you guys know big mustache Al from my videos? He's no. nope. Okay, well, he, like he's in a few of them and like on the Tufnell at 10 is like the news broadcast that I do sometimes. And he's the guy that does like the weather report and stuff. And Yeah, I've seen, I have seen that. Okay, yep. yep. So that's my dad, right? Big he, guy that usually has the coveralls. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So he, uh, <laughs> they, they heat their house completely with wood. They've got electric if, if they need it, but he heats it with wood because that's he will not. not the standard in Canada? It's not, believe it or not, but I mean, it's, it's definitely a go-to, <laughs> but cause he's like, I'll never pay carbon tax or any of that stuff or whatever. So uh, anyways, we're, he cuts a lot of his wood on, on my land and he had a bunch of a cut and we needed to split it. So I was stopping to spend four days at home on my way through to Eastern Canada. And I was like, well, what are we doing? And he's like, well, we're, uh, we're going to go out to the cutting block and we're going to split some wood. I was like, all right, neat. Sounds good. So we grab a handful of beer and jump in the truck and it's his old truck that is called woody is what he calls his old truck or whatever it's the one he uses for logging no license plates on it and you know he's got a gun in the middle of the seat in case he sees a coyote on the way out there or whatever and then the, there's a bunch of empty beer so many empty beer cans behind the seat that it's kind of tilted forward a little bit kind of thing and <laughs> a bunch of used tools on the passenger floor because nobody ever rides passenger in this thing that haven't been used in three years and everything and there's no mirror and and i found an old hat and he had an old hat on that was just in there and i'm like having this beer we're driving like down this old trail on our land out to the cutting block and um, i just looked at it and i was like this is the funniest thing I've ever been a part of in years. And I was like, you know, what would be funny. Keep in mind, I've only got my two brothers on Snapchat right now. Plus maybe four other guys, like really good friends of mine that are like chuck wagon racers and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, you know, what would be funny if this was an infomercial selling firewood. Like how funny would that be? And I was like, I'll be a guy named, I don't know. I'll be like quick Dick McDick. That's for some reason, that's the name I picked for my Snapchat handle. Cause I was like, no one will ever find me if my name's quick Dick McDick, like no one ever. Right. <laughs> so this wasn't like a high school nickname. You just, no, when, well, not that I know of, but you never know what you fall behind your <laughs> not back to your right? face anyway. <laughs> and I was like, and this will be, he'll be big mustache Al and hit the name of his 
business will be big mustache all ventures from north of Tuffle, Saskatchewan. So I started doing this Snapchat story and it was all about like just making fun of wood. And like, we have the hardest of wood at Big Mustache Al Ventures, North of Tuttle, Saskatchewan. And <laughs> ladies, do you need your bush trimmed? And like, we were just going through a whole bunch of this stuff. Or whatever. And like the four people that I had on Snapchat, the next day were just like, that is, and like things got like left-handed really fast. Like I was, oh man, there was, there was some gold that went into that. I did a little thing on YouTube where I, I like had some of it, but not all of it made it to YouTube because you would never be able to put that to social media anywhere <laughs> because you would be canceled instantly. And uh, everyone was just like, you got to send me that and send me that. And like the next day I've got like 300 things on my Snapchat, people wanting to be my friends on Snapchat. And I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. So I just started putting except. So this went for like six months on Snapchat where I was quick dick McDick and I would do like one 60 second quick dick every day. And it would just be anything. Like if I was blowing off the combine, I would be make a, a quick dick called blow his equipment and make a whole bunch of jokes <laughs> about blowing, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> And it just, it got to the point where then everyone started asking, send me this one, send me this one, send me this one. Because on Snapchat, it's gone after 24 hours and it should be gone because some of the stuff that I put up there, and I know people have screen recorded it and stuff, that's going to come back to haunt me someday and I will never be able to get away from it. But I, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put this to YouTube. I'll put it on a channel there and you guys can just watch it as much as you want. I don't care. So that's what I did. It started as a way just to be able to put your stuff out there to people that like basically to your buddies that wanted to see it. Yeah. Everybody kept asking me to send them, send them, send them, send them. And I hate my phone and I hate talking on my phone and sending text messages and stuff. So just like, it's on YouTube, go find it there. Oh, that's awesome. That's really <laughs> cool. I mean, I, how do you come up with the new ideas? It's crazy. Cause I, I, I feel like I don't have enough time to do all of my ideas. And now I've found myself in a bit of a rut here in the last little while. I've done a whole bunch of ads and stuff for local groups and agriculture groups and a whole bunch of stuff. Like in the last, I'd say the last month and a half is, is pretty much all I've spent all my time on is just trying to help promote groups and a few different things because I spent a lot of time ignoring them and not helping them because I was like, I've got a YouTube channel to do. And I was like, I need to, focus more on on if, if people are interested in who you are what you're doing and they want to be like hey can you come on to our you know our, our live stream or this or that like i want to try and do more of that to try and help different groups out right i don't know it's just there's something funny in everything that happens and unfortunately in some things that happen you shouldn't find things that are funny in it but you find things that are funny in it anyways depending on what your sense of humor is right but it's you just need to have a really open mind and just be like I've got a list of like 40 things right now that I want to do videos on that. I just, I, I can't seem to find the time lately to do. And I'm sure you guys would probably know better than anybody. Like this, this stuff takes so much time to do. It does. It, sure. it can, yeah. It kind of got to the point where I couldn't keep up. I've got a merch store with t-shirts and all this stuff or whatever. And like, I, like I do all of it myself. I box it, ship it myself. I order it all in myself. It's I've got the cure for that. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Don't, do not let me forget. Message me on Instagram. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I'll get you my phone number. We'll figure that out for you. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's been a lot of chaos, but it's been a lot of fun. I've met a lot of really cool people. And I just, uh, like, I keep a little running notes 
thing on my phone when an idea pops into my head of, of like what would be fun to do a video of and I'll just like put it in notes and then I just kind of go through my notes but th- there's been a lot of politically crazy things happening in Canada here lately which which I like I hit on a lot of political stuff every now and then and yep. I try and do it as political satire kind of thing which is all, like it's almost getting to be a thing that you almost can't even do political satire anymore because people just get so freaking mad yeah. yeah like yeah like they just lose it we can go back to batshit crazy that we were talking about earlier yeah. like, people, like people can't even handle a tiny little bit of political comedy right now because they, they right. can't take the joke off the handle i'm like the last i guess the last real political one i did was one called the uh the great reset and like it was just kind of making a joke about how much of a mess of a country our prime minister is making canada and like there are people in the comment session that are like string them up and put them in a guillotine and everything. And I'm just like, Hey, this was all kind of a joke. Like you can't come on my channel and be like, I want to kill somebody. <laughs> like, you right. can't do that. Right. So, and that's a problem too, because like, I don't spend all day watching what comments are coming in on a video. And that one I posted, I mean, it had like 40 some thousand views right away. And like, 500 comments and like when i actually get a minute where i'm not pulling a calf or loading a truck or or anything like that and i like open it up and i'm like this escalated quickly (laughs) (laughs) and you're like well you can't say that you can't say that right so yeah so i i've kind of steered away from political satire for the last little bit but uh I'll, i'll be diving back into a little bit of it here probably in the near future just because there's a few things I feel kind of need to be said. And I think a lot of people get afraid that nobody's going to say them or, or nobody will say them. And like, I'm not trying to start a revolution or, or anything like that. I am here just to make people laugh and to make people, you know, think about what's happening is all there's lots of people that'll, you know, there's little gangs that get together that try and cancel me and be like, you're trying to rile people up and do all these things. And like, I can assure you, that's not what I'm trying to do at all. I'm here to just try and make people laugh, you know, which I think you do a damn good job of. Well, I appreciate and that. Thanks. And I don't, I don't think you need to be too scared of the political satire. Maybe that's well, because well, cancel culture is definitely real. I mean, but yeah, what, well, like, what, do you, who, what are you going to do? Who's going like, to cancel him? But like, that's kind of the thing is the only way I'd ever be really canceled is, is if all of a sudden YouTube's like, well, you're not putting that video up or Twitter's like, you're not putting that video up or Instagram's right. like, you're not putting that video up because I don't have any sponsors. I don't like, right. I'm not on paid promotions that I do. I like not, none of it. I just, I just kind of do me and put it up there. And if people like it, great. And if, if not, well then, I mean, they're going to get butt hurt and they're going to, put their two cents down in the comment section. And I'm going to be like, well, that's the dumbest thing anybody's commented on ever, but thanks for the comment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and politically, the people that are watching you now and enjoying it more than likely are enjoying what you're saying, right? That's like, exactly I, right. I can watch you and laugh at it probably because we're both extremely liberal people. So we, we laugh at the same gun and Trudeau jokes together. <clears throat> yeah. But, I mean, so if you get canceled by, the other side they're not watching you anyway yeah you can kind of tell i don't know you probably wouldn't be able to tell on your channel because you do like you do such a good job of like putting out broad content you know i remember uh what podcast was it i'd I'd actually listen to you on a podcast and i don't listen to podcasts very often so i can't remember who's i was listening to you on but you were like i i feel like i get more crap from like 
people in the ag community when I'm showing that this is what I do with tillage or this is what I do here. And yeah. you get you get more shit from people in your own industry being like, what are you doing, you dumbass kind of thing or whatever. And you're like, are, are you serious right now? <laughs> 90% of the shit that I get comes from other farmers. Yeah, That's what I wasn't prepared for when I started this whole deal. I mean, I was prepared to take on, you know, GMOs and drain tile and yeah. how we handle livestock and those kinds of things. I mean, yeah. that's why I started the channel. I was ready for that. What I wasn't ready for was other farmers telling me I'm doing it wrong and, and <laughs> everything that it's turned into. And it's just like, where the f- did that come from? This, oh, I, I totally get you. That's you're just like, like are, are you kidding me right now? Like this is, and I think that that's the very coolest thing about agriculture that's out there is, is everybody's kind of got their own little way of doing things. And people do things their way because it works well for them. It works well for their operation. And let's say specifically, specifically for their for their livestock, or maybe you're in a geographical location where that works really well for how you do it. Or, or somebody doesn't see outside of the realm of, of how you're running your full crop rotation and what you're doing. It, it's real easy for somebody to come from the outside and be like, what are you doing? You're an idiot or whatever. You're just like, well, really? But like, how, how would you say, Zach, that affects you like, does that change how you go to criticize somebody else right now? When you see something is how you've been reacted to uh, on social media with what you post. Does that kind of change your mindset of how you look at what somebody else posts and you, you go to the side of being like, no, no, well, there's gotta be something different to what's going on. And it doesn't make sense to me. Whereas before you started doing this, you might've been in that same category where you would have been like, what are you doing, man? Probably a little bit. I think I've always been pretty open-minded as far as, you know, understanding people are the way they are for a reason and being open mm. to other people and other ideas. But I, yeah, probably a little bit to the point where I guess I, I've always thought of it as like in the last two years, I've been fortunate enough where I've gotten to travel a lot and I've gotten to meet a lot of other farmers that farm on different soils in different geographies with different crops or different livestock yeah. or whatever it might be different climates. And you learn Usually there's a reason why every farmer in their area is doing something a certain way. So for me to judge it from not just a thousand miles away, but from 20 miles away, it can be a huge difference. I mean, if you go west of me, it is as black of soil as I've seen anywhere I've been ever in the world. And it's flat and they can't get rid of the water. You go 10 miles east of me and there's irrigators and they're growing potatoes in the sand. So the irrigators say. They yeah, mean so business. You can't tell me that somebody a thousand miles away should be able to tell me how to farm. I mean, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, that's it's 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 straight up. And actually, it's kind of funny when I was making the dairy jokes earlier and stuff. But like, it's it's kind of a thing. Even when you get into livestock, you know, there's beef producers and there's dairy producers and stuff, and they everybody runs their their livestock very very different. And it's always I like joking with dairy producers that they're that they're like cattle nerds, but. I don't mean it because when you actually sit down and go through like dietary plans and feed analysis and stuff with dairy producers, it, it blows your mind. Right. The scientists. Technology, it's insane. They are so in check with what's happening with their herd health where we kind of let that go a little bit here when we're running on a mix. They're more in stuff. check with their herd than I am with my own children. I mean, <laughs> they, <laughs> you're, you're so right, Becky. It's like, you were ridiculous. 
the micromanaging that they do with the animals is it's just mind blowing. Like what? It really is. Yeah, you're you're so right on with that. And that's where like when I made that buttergate thing joke there, whatever, I've had a lot of dairy producers reach out to me hoping that I can do a video on it to try and raise some awareness for for what's going on. But like I get it. They put so much effort into what they do. And that's kind of a thing when you're dealing with dairy specifically, like, I mean, your, your chances of getting a consumer sick are very high in the dairy industry kind of thing with, with a lot of the products that they produce versus the beef industry, what, what we run in. Right. So I dated a girl from a dairy farm out in Western Canada at one point in time. And like, it got to the point where I couldn't even talk cattle with her anymore because she would just lose me half the time going off on what she was on. And I was just like, Kid. Is that what made you break it off? I can't remember how that one ended, but I, <laughs> I don't think it was me. I think it was her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. But uh, yeah. So no, just to, I haven't done a lot of traveling or done anything because a lot of this has happened within the last year. So I haven't been to a lot of different places or done different things for the simple fact that we just were really not allowed to travel kind of thing, which to be perfectly honest, doesn't break my heart. I'm not much of a crowd guy or, or to go out in front of people. I've done one event, which was in Red Deer, which is really cool. But I guess I'm kind of looking forward to maybe being able to have the opportunity. I've met a lot of people online, so to speak. And it, it's, it'd be really cool. Not Tinder involved, like different things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I think it'll just be cool to, to be able to go out and see how some people do some different things and whatnot when a person gets the time. But it's been an honor to be able to, and like even this evening here, to be able to do this. You know, it never would have happened had a guy not just made a couple of videos about him swearing and cussing and doing a couple other things and just having some fun. And I'm I'm really glad that people have been able to have some fun with it. There's people that have not had fun with it that are offended by it, that uh, go their separate way. And I just, you know, I bid them a good journey and hope they find the the comedy and humor that they're looking for and that they can find laughter somewhere else that's, that's not with me. But uh, yeah, I just want people to have a good time, man. In an odd way, that makes me feel good. That awesome. somebody decided quick dick McDick was too much for them and they just had to go their other way. <laughs> there's there's people are you that at get... parties when this guy, you yeah, like you gotta walk away from him. <laughs> there, there's people that get super sad about quick dick a lot of times, especially like there's a few of the gun ones that I've done. I think that's actually gonna wind up being one of the next one that that I wind up doing, but that's that's got some people upset. There's been some things that get people upset, which is that's definitely not my intent whatsoever. And then there's, you know, the couple of ones, the protesters diets and stuff, ones that I've done it, it, you get some people upset because I think sometimes people have a hard time hearing truths about, about, you know, what they're doing or the, or the motives that they stand behind and, uh, and they don't want to hear it, you know, and that's a, a big part of the reason why when I'm doing videos, I, I really try to make sure. And like, that's what I like about what you do is, What's happening that you're talking about is, is is happening real time in the background a lot of the times. And I think that's such an important thing for people nowadays is to be able to have a visual of what's happening. If you hear a guy like I, I've listened to a lot of lectures and a few different things or you'll, you'll get a couple of uh, podcasts where you'll have a university professor talking about beef health and carbon emissions and a few different things that's that's sitting with a shelf of books behind him and everything kind of thing. And like, I a hundred percent respect um, a, a lot of people that have studied these things for a better part of their lives. But I also have a huge amount of respect for people that work in the industry that see it day to day, that work with it, that experience it. 
And I think that's important for people to see when they're watching, even if it's just a comedy video that you're doing kind of thing. I, I think what you're talking about should be happening in the background. And like I did a, if you saw it's like a music video called nippy, it's nippy kind of thing or whatever here just recently. <laughs> but like, it was literally like 35 below Celsius when I did that. And like when, when you see a guy talking about it being cold and there's ice in his beard and there's banks of snow behind him or whatever, you're like, that looks cold. You know, exactly. like, looks I, a feel bit like, yeah, I feel like people, people feel it and get into it a little more. And that's, I don't know. That's what I try to do. Right. Well, I've been saying now for a long time since my stuff started taking off and people will ask me about it is the fact that it, the best way to teach somebody about something is to include some entertainment value to it. You can't just right. sit down and start lecturing like the old science teacher that would wheel in the TV on a cart. And then you watch an old black and white science video, right? Like <laughs> yeah. get out the Bunsen burners and make something blow up. You're right. I am very upset with myself that I don't know the name of the teacher, but there was a teacher here and I heard this on the radio and they actually wound up having them on a radio program here in Saskatchewan. This guy's a is an 11th grade history teacher. And with COVID, they were having three hour classes at one time kind of thing. And he's like, it can get pretty tough to, to teach kids for, for three hours at a time. Oh what do you want up doing? Yeah, what he wound up doing for a few of his classes is uh, they actually went out into the schoolyard and he was teaching World War One history about trench warfare. And he actually had his history class dig. I can't remember the dimensions of it, but it was about a 30, 30 foot long trench of what would be similar to what they would have dug during World War One in trench warfare. And that's wow. just what they, did. They, they went out and dug a trench and he was like, we're doing this for three hours a day. And he's like, we're doing this without bullets flying at your head and you're getting fed every night and you're getting into a warm bed and you have a shower. And <sighs> he went through this whole thing with his kids. And I was like, that's really what's missing from a lot of education systems nowadays is being like, here is what it's like. And it's not even close to what it was like, you know? Right. I can't um, believe you got away with that. I would think so, there, there would be outcry from parents. Uh, no, like, so, like, so parents had to sign release notes and everything. Okay. And it, but like, what a great thing to teach kids. Yeah. You know? And that imagine awesome. how much better they're going to hang on to and retain right. the information that they learned during that. I couldn't retain anything in history class as a, as a high school student. And my new favorite way to learn about history is I think, I don't know, I think it must be on the history channel, but it's called drunk history. And they have this really good storyteller get drunk. And then they have the actors like recite this drunk person telling the history story. And it is like amazing. It's sounds like my kind of history teacher. It's so good. Like every night you got to check it out. It's like, I love it. And they're just short little bits. You know, you just get like a 10 to 15 minute little thing and the person gets trashed and then they tell the story and it's, it's (laughs) gold. It's a visual enactment of it as the drunk person's talking. So it's, yes. Like the drunk person is, the narrator and then they have other people like <laughs> acting out the narrator it's it's so good that's awesome and it's called drunk history yes drunk history you gotta check I, it out <laughs> i will check it out yeah that sounds really cool actually but in a lot of the kids videos that i've done like i, I just try and make it there's i've had so many kids I, videos yeah i do kids videos i've got yep. I, I think there's four of them i call them little quicks videos <laughs> uh, somewhere along so, the line i miss this 
I well, was watching the, the one yesterday bin where guy you, like, highlighted all the commodities in Canada and yeah. like, uh, oh, yeah. you made, what you mean? You made breakfast oats, right? Go overnight made oats, oats yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah so, yep. so, so what I did with, with that one was I got some footage that I was able to piece together, like from seeding to harvest uh, to everything. And then just, we've got a local mill called Grain Millers, which is right close in Yorkton, which is where we haul all our canola. And it just so happened, I got in touch with the manager of the plant. And I was like, hey, man, I'm working on this video for kids. And I knew they they made large flake oats there. And I was like, is there any chance that I'd be able to do a quick tour of your facility and videotape some of it? And I told them what I was doing. And it wound up being this, I think that was a, that was a 20 minute production. And I split it into two parts. And we did a little a segment at the end called Cooking with Quick Dick, where we just made over, simple overnight oats. Yeah. But it was stuff that kids could do together. And I worked with, with their parents so that they'd take the footage of them. And it was quite a bit of fun. It was, it was super large amount of work to do. There was uh, like 200 and coordinating and there was 220 separate clips. Cause I tried oh. to do 10 second clips to yep. keep people interested and it worked out really good as, as far as I'm concerned. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was, I was watching, I was catching up yesterday. I catch one of your videos, you know, I don't know, probably every few months. And then yesterday I was like, Oh, I better go. Whenever the algorithm pushes them through kind of thing. You know yes. I mean? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But yeah, so like that's what I try to do with that stuff. And I've had off of the kids ones, they don't get that many views, which, which is fine. But like, there's been a lot of schools that have played them in their classrooms and stuff. And I get so much reaction from parents of kids saying that they had no idea that that's how oats got to their table. And part of you is like, that's great. I'm glad you got to learn that with your kids but the other part of me is just, it's just a sick feeling be like right. how did you not know that's where your food comes from how did we get so disconnected from and the consumer a, and yeah. Yeah, you're so right back in like there's such a huge disconnection from farm to table and you can really see it in society nowadays specifically with a lot of government policy and a lot of different things that come down and when you see this huge green movement and not that I'm against green energy but it's just that uh, you tell me, Zach, can you can you make her on a battery powered uh, farm there? How's that going to go? Uh, not in 2021. <laughs> no, like like we we can't do it either, you know. So I, I think there's really, really big gaps in people's knowledge of, of what it takes to get to get food to their tables. And when you were mentioning GMOs and a lot of different things earlier, GMOs, fertilizers, glyphosates, you know, there's uh regenerative farming's being something that's really, really coming to the table in a lot of ways. Now, I think you get a lot of situations where people are pushing a lot of agendas based on an idealism versus reality. And the idealism can be quite scary, to be honest. Yeah. You see how much traction that it grabs when you're like, hey, folks, we, we, we've only got so much land that's arable on planet Earth. And we've got X amount of population that needs to eat. When I hear a lot of people trying to, you know, stuff beef under the microscope and be like, beef needs to go. You're like, okay, well, so what are we doing with our moderate land? Then are we just going to let it go to waste and uh, then try and replace the amount of food that beef produces or any livestock for that matter produces? We're going to try and backpack that onto our 30 and change percent of arable land that's on planet Earth. It's it's concerning to me when when people start going down these these paths because you think, well, do you really understand how our food supply chain works? Because I don't think you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, definitely. So, a lot so, of them don't. 
Yeah. Were we just talking on the last podcast that there's technically like less cows now than there was, you know, a hundred years ago or some crazy yeah. shit like that? Like, yeah. no, you're you're hundred percent right, Becky. It's yeah. not even crazy shit. It's true. Yeah, like her herd size hasn't increased, I believe, since 1970. Oh, it's even earlier than 70 something, but herd size hasn't increased at all whatsoever. So um, it's decreasing and we're becoming more efficient and people don't like that because yeah, we're abusing the cows or something. It's it's it, but it's just such a false sense of reality. It's sad. Yeah, it, it really is. So like, that's kind of a, it, it's one of the directions that I'll be headed in 2021 here with, with trying to help with a little bit of that stuff. And there's, there's a lot of good documentaries out there now that are, that are kind of going in the right direction. One's called guardians of the grasslands, which is really good showing the carbon sequestration that happens on the grasslands of Southern uh, Saskatchewan and Alberta. Cattle are just like everything. They're, they're a very, very integral part of our ecosystems and food chain and none of it works without them. Right. And that's where, man, everything kind of ties into each other where you get into even like we're dealing with some pretty serious, uh, gun restrictions in Canada here right now and I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not I'm not like a, a gun crazy nut that has 4,000 guns in a safe and 10 of them are automatic and everything and I'm waiting for the end of the world I'm not I've, I've got hunting rifles and and a couple of sport shooting rifles and stuff um, are you talking about me no <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not talking about you at all but you know there's there's a there's a couple of anti-gun groups here in Canada that are fighting a lot of the stuff that are starting to go like, you know, hunting is so done. Like nobody even hunts anymore. Nobody wants to eat deer. And how do you explain to people that it's not even a matter of, of whether hunting is done or whether people want to eat deer, but it's like, if, if you let that species overpopulate, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. You're going to have a huge problem on our hands. Right. And that's somebody that's downtown Toronto doesn't get that. Right. They just don't no. want gun violence anymore which nobody wants gun violence but taking people's guns away from them that are vetted by the rcmp and have gone through rigorous training processes and are actually run through the rcmp database day to day that's not going to change crime and you can't pin it on hunting you know what i mean like it's just where people go when they get on these alleys is it's 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 terrifying same with 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 beef and food supply and with gmos and with glyphosates and all these different things just like this is neat that we're having this conversation, people, but do you really understand that everybody on planet Earth needs to eat, not just you in your downtown Toronto condo? You know what I mean? Right. Yep. So, yeah. Crazy times out there, folks. But I don't know. I guess that's, you know, that's just what I'm trying to do a little bit at a time. And I really try and do these even political satire or any of this stuff. I just try and do it in a way that people will watch and will laugh and be elated and if they don't take anything away from, from what I've done, I try and pack a lot of information into a lot of the educational ones that I do. And if, if they take nothing away from it other than, ah, that was funny, well, we'll still call it mission accomplished. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Randy's yeah. got a question. <clears throat> I could tell. Well, it's a complete different gear, though. I didn't want to shift gears. I'm sorry. Let's switch gears. You can shift. Okay. This is off yeah. the husk, man. Okay, well, I'll, I'll double clutch. We can float shift. We'll do it however you want. We'll get we get 18 gears. Let's go through them all. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, so I've been catching a few episodes of The Crown lately. Okay. Can you tell me? So your prime minister is your president. Basically, yeah, that's how okay. it works. In our president. So what does the queen do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is how this like, is a, do, do you do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> and this is a, this is a pretty sensitive subject. 
So like, like Canada, essentially, Canada essentially is a colony of England, right? And oh man, I'm just gonna say it because it's my opinion. If you want to ask me what the Queen does, the the yes. the, 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 the Queen don't we're do. after. <laughs> the Queen don't do shit. <laughs> uh, Other than let the Prime Minister ride her. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Uh, and I would be terrified that she would break a hip if that's what wound up happening. Um, that's assuming that the prime minister would be able to get a, let, let's, let's not talk about that. Well, that's anyway. what I was, I was thinking he, never mind. Never mind. So there's the monarchy. Um, and I mean, it, you know, it, it, it goes through a long, long line of history of, of what's gone on to make things the way they are. And I'm never the kind of guy that's like, hey, we should just shit on history and tear this statue down, dethrone this person or whatever. It's all over. I get that that's why we have the monarchy and everything. And if, if you want to get uh, more technical about it, uh, just recently, I don't know if you guys know, there's do, do you guys know of the position of the governor general in Canada? Nope. No idea what you just said. Okay. We have governors here. Well, yeah, <laughs> it says has nothing to do with that. So we we have a prime minister, which is basically the president, right? And then we have uh, it, it's it's kind of an offshoot of it, but it's it's called the governor general. Now the governor general of Canada is a representation of Her Majesty the Queen within Canada. Okay, <laughs> and basically from what I can deduce, and I have been through quite a bit of reading on what goes on, the the, the only thing that the governor general really does is call an election and read the speech to the throne and then just like do PR appearances like the queen does or whatever to go and cut this ribbon or do this or do that kind of thing. They retire on a pension of $150,000 a year with an expense, with an expense account of $200,000 a year. I think they're paid somewhere on the same margin while they're serving in term, if that's what you want to call it. But Ours actually recently, instead of being fired, actually stepped down from it because of a toxic workplace that she was creating within where it was. Her name is Julie Payette, was an ex-astronaut. And all I can figure out is that this title that's here in Canada as the governor general as a representation of the queen costs us somewhere around half a million dollars a year. To read a speech once a year and, and to something goes on where they go down and they'll call the election or whatever it is and then be a representation of the queen. I'm all about history. I'm all about tradition. I love all that shit, but I'm, to be perfectly honest, I'm a realist and I'll bet we could find a better place to spend that half million dollars. <laughs> maybe feed some hungry kids or, <laughs> you know, maybe on a chicken leg or two. Imagine yeah. what a chicken leg could do for somebody. You know what? As even we- if it's, even if it's, Wheat salad. Let's go vegan or something like that. So anybody can eat it. As long as it hasn't been left out long enough to get warm. On the counter. That's right. On the counter. <laughs> Not on the counter. But, but like there's, so there's, there's this governor general and however many governor generals before her that once they retire are actually living off this, uh, you know, essentially $350,000 a year pension. How do they do it? Kind of thing. I guess my only question left is how do I get that job? <laughs> I think you're well on your way. Yeah. I, I might have to get a haircut. Maybe I, I, can I show up like this? I, I literally came in and sat down and did this. So, I mean, obviously the hair makeup department at quick dick, make productions has a little bit of work to do, but you know, 
it's a work in progress kind of thing. Yeah, you but, you got the same department as me, man. <laughs> there was a still on on the on the queen topic. There was actually a fellow that I wound up putting up some hay on his land. Uh, this was quite a few years ago. He was on the RCMP security detachment the last time the royal family actually visited Canada, and they even flew in their own bottled water from England because oh how long ago was that? This would have been quite a few years ago, man. That would have been because Justin can't drink water out of a bottle. <laughs> he can only drink it out of a paper plastic a drink box water, water bottle thing. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so the funniest thing, this guy's like he's one of these good mounties that I was talking about earlier, and he's retired now and he farms or whatever, and he spent some time in the paw and a few different places, like rough places. And he said the first thing when they landed and they started unloading these three flats of, of water bottles that they'd brought over with them from England, he looked at him and he goes, well, I really hope you guys are going to bottle up your piss and take it back to England with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's a zinger right there. That's a oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I knew that the queen reigned over Canada, but Australia is the one that threw me for a loop. So watching that show, I had no idea that. What show? The crown. So Queen Elizabeth also reigns over Australia. Do you call it reigns? What? Yeah, you so call it reigns, right? Like my bigger thing is, is, I guess, like when I think, well, she she reigns over this country. I'm like literally seeing the queen on the back of a horse that's just kind of like doing some reigning. You know yeah, I mean? <laughs> sidestepping and a little different things, but yeah, but she's the she's the queen of Australia horse. too. I, I, yeah, I so blew my mind. Yeah, no, this is yeah, that's that's absolutely true, and I don't get any of it. I really don't. There's people that will like die on a hill defending the queen and their place in society and everything. And like, I'm not here to take a dump on them, but I'm just like, I just tomorrow, I really hope the queen doesn't die tomorrow. But if the queen died tomorrow, I would just, I would just be like, now we have a king. I I can't really see how my life is affected by it whatsoever. I, I have a super other, important other than we will need the picture of somebody else on the back of our quarter. But I mean, that's you or maybe they leave her there. I don't know. A quarter, 25 cents quarter. So, yeah. Go ahead first. Then I have another very important thing <laughs> I'm wondering about. Oh, if yours is Canadian, go ahead. Ask the Canadian. Question. Well, mine's, We're so what, what's your smallest paper currency? Our smallest paper currency is $5. $5. Is that a yeah. loony? Nope, it's not. So, and they're talking about switching the five dollar over to a coin as well. But so, oh, they're going to go backwards and go add coins. Yeah. Okay, so, so it, oh, let me on. ask you first: if your right. smallest dollar bill is a five, how damn expensive does a strip club get, or are you allowed to throw coins? I'll one up you on that. We don't even have strip clubs in Saskatchewan. Believe that? <gasps> yeah, nobody does. They're gentlemen clubs. Oh. Oh, the gentleman clubs. Oh, of course, that's where the gentlemen go, right? <laughs> no, so, yeah, as, as strip clubs are really expensive. You never want to go for a VIP dance because <laughs> that's where we get up to your guys' color of currency in the in the $20 mark with the green ones, yeah. But here's how this works. So it used, used to be we'd have $1 bills, and then they replaced that with a $1 coin with, with a loon, which is, like, you know, basically waterfowl or whatever on, on one side. Like of the it. Minnesota state bird. Yeah. Yes. That's a loony. That's your guess a state bird. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah. The average, duh. the average person learns four new things each day. 
There's one. We are well, <laughs> we are well above average today. We, so we love our loons here in Minnesota. <laughs> okay, so we've got the loon on one side of this of this coin, and then the queen on the other side of it. And uh, because we're Canadian, we called it the loony. Yeah. Right? Yeah, which is that was just which, me calling to Randy for a beer. That's actually sounded like an auction mart kind of thing. That's exactly where it came from. Well, yeah. I've got a 1950s. I've got a 1966 Coors Light. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Come on, boys. Now we got a one of the right one. Yeah, that's right. That's actually that's actually the international way of ordering a beer in Minnesota. <laughs> so if you're at a bar in Minnesota, just go yep, and a bartender will come run with a beer. See, every now and then around here, we'll go. Uh, Can I get a beer? Hip, beer, hip. <laughs> Rockies, Rockies, Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the loony. Is our is our one dollar coin, and then eventually they they changed that out to a two dollar coin, because apparently coins for some reason are cheaper to make, and they don't got to circulate them in and out, and they don't get destroyed as easy, kind of thing. So the two dollar coin has got a polar bear on one side of it, and the queen on the other side of it, and being as how we are all just extravagant, rhyming, and cheeky Canadians, we called it the toonie. So you got the loony, oh then you've sense. got the toonie, <laughs> yeah. Sense. So I think the only reason they haven't changed the $5 bill over to a coin is because they haven't come up with the right name for it yet. How about a 5 I was going to say Foonie. A, a, a Foonie? A Foonie. A phony? A uh, yeah, phony, <laughs> Foonie. Are you trying to be Foonie right now? I'm not <laughs> Why don't you Foon off? <laughs> Go Foon yourself. But yeah, so, so then we jump, we jump to the $5 bill, which is blue, and then you jump to the $10 bill, which is purple. And then you jump to the $20 bill, which is green. Then you jump to the $50 bill, which is red. And then you jump to the $100 bill, which is brown. I like the color coding. But why make yeah. the 100 brown? Like, nobody likes brown. You could have come up with a better color. But, for, but the thing really is, when you, when, you, when you sit down and you're making a deal on an old snowmobile with somebody, it's kind of cool when you can sit back and be like, how many brown ones do you want for that? <laughs> yes, that's cool. That's cool. Bunch of brown backs. Yeah, make, but it, the rain, other, make it rain with a bunch of brown backs. <laughs> the other, the other cool thing about it is, is you could be pretty wasted and not confuse what kind of money you're dealing with in Canada, right? Yeah, I think because color coding is a great yeah. idea. Because I've had that happen to me lots in the states, where like at the gentleman's club, where it just been like the lady has been talking to me, who's the gentleman, and being like, "Are you? Oh, well, you can get four dances for that." And I'm like, "Shit." I thought I'd only give you 20 bucks, but I thought you only needed one brown. (laughs) (laughs) You you guys get some weird money down here in the States. It's all the same color. So you you didn't answer Randy's question. Oh, I missed it. Are you throwing coins on the stage at a gentleman's club? Yeah. Oh, 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 this is hilarious. So not only do you throw coins, but after the exotic dancer show, she will go around with a magnet and and pick up all of the points. I'm looking right at you, guys. I'm looking right at you. I can't make this shit up. Yeah. Oh my god! So, hold I on. hope it. I hope it has wheels, and it like oh. creaks as she wheels it around the stage. It's on a it's on a chain. Click, click, like, click, click, click. One wheel that's a little bent. <laughs> but no, it's it's on a chain, and it swings. And then every now and then you'll get this one. I'll go to pick up and just be like, oh. And, they'll, <laughs> so, and then you give them more money they know how to get to your wallet of course. <laughs> so they do their two or three songs and then in between girls the last naked chick is walking around with them 
<laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Earth it's nurse to the I've, I've actually, I've, I've actually been to no, a those few. Those are stainless. <laughs> Only the good ones. So I've, oh I've actually God. been to a few where if there's too much, there'll actually be a stage hand that'll come out with just a squeegee and squeegee all the coins up. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going but, to Winnipeg in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to head to the Windy City tomorrow. No big deal. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Somewhere like in that then, conversation so is the title of the podcast. <laughs> so instead uh, of coming in with like a stack of bills, the big guys come in with like four rolls of coins. <laughs> oh man. That's good uh, stuff. This turned 90 degrees I, fast. Podcast, eh? I really didn't expect that answer. I didn't <laughs> see that coming. I'm, I'm, I'm full of surprise. Not the magnet, yeah. that's for sure. I would have expected a shovel. <laughs> something that's no shovel i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest how that would go is if there was like a like a, a strip club that opened up in the tufnel area here there'd be 10 farmers sitting around there if she came up with a brand new like garant grain shovel all the farmers would be like that's a nice fucking shovel you see that thing it doesn't even have any holes in it the all plastic one those are the nice ones <laughs> oh man i don't know where to go after that oh this is fun <laughs> <laughs> but no we were like we were talking earlier uh th- that i actually i kind of was was hoping we'd talk about a little bit uh zach is how do you manage to keep all your content to the point and do you find it hard to, to like keep your content to the point where like it's it's family viewable all the time is that a challenge for you not, no, no, not necessarily. I mean, I don't know. I've always had that, like, I have a good switch where I can turn that on and off. I don't struggle at all to keep the videos in a family oriented way, like you're saying, like, unless yeah. I'm on it. Well, yeah, yeah unless I'm, I'm actually, like, I'm quite offended by the amount of swearing that you've done on this podcast. I'm <laughs> you know, offended. And that, and that's part of the reason I wanted to start the podcast really was to offend people by surprising them with how the millennial farmer can be. We actually, we got an email. We got an, I don't want to call it nasty, but did you see the email we got today from somebody that wasn't happy with your joke? Your, you uh, should read it. Which joke? Uh, it's, I don't, I don't, he wasn't even specific here. Let me pull it up here quick. Well, they're it's, pulling that up. I, I think you missed it earlier and we we're talking about the, the bags of milk. Okay. Oh so God! In one of our earlier podcasts, Becky had mentioned how all milk in Canada is from bags. Like you can't buy it in a jug or a carton; it's all by bags. And she got <laughs> she got thousands of emails of people ripping it wasn't her. Thousands. So that's on. that's why I asked you if your milk comes in bags. <laughs> so it's like an inside joke. Okay, so there's oh, yeah. a joke here. I like jokes. Yeah. It's an ongoing joke. Yes, but I quickly learned that Canadians also get their milk in jugs and cartons, and only a small little area of Canada actually gets their mag- milk in bags. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, and actually here we call like you can get a liter of milk, or you can get a two liter of milk, or you can get a four liter of milk. It's not a gallon or a quart. Oh yeah, can right. You, can you can give you me a pint a- of milk? We don't know what a pint is. No, but can you get a liter of cola? You can get a liter of cola. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you, Leader you Super Cola? Troopers fans love Super Troopers, of course. So the, I think that's a worldwide email, thing. The email we got today, the, the typo is most funny. He calls you Zap Z A P, 
I did, I did just see that. Well, the subject line is falling off the rails. Zap. <laughs> I would suggest you continue to do what you're good at and get rid of you and your buddy jokes. They're not becoming to you. Exclamation point, exclamation point. So I'd like a chance to address this with a letter that my lawyer. Do it. Hit it up. (laughs) off. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got the point across there. (laughs) There's kind of a reason that like, I kind of do what I do. Cause like I'll do the, the kids videos and do a few other things, but there's been a couple instances in which I've had like, politicians in Canada share my content and a few different things. And then you'll start getting branded with trying to, or like you're a bulldog for a political party or or some different stuff. So what I kind of started doing with a lot of stuff was purposely putting content in my videos that would make it so that politicians wouldn't be able to touch my stuff, you know? So I kind of put stuff out to the point where all like Rob Sharkey actually kind of hit me on. I was on a podcast with him and Leslie Kelly and he was like, we never know where you're going next or what you're going to do next. And he's like, I was completely shocked that all of a sudden I was watching a guy that had talking about cocking your bin and a few other things. He's like, all of a sudden you're talking about it's, it's okay to talk about mental health in a completely different video. He's like, I, I was just I was shocked that that's what you were putting up. But that's you come how you off, get people to listen to the important stuff, right? It, <laughs> You're so right, Becky, and that's and that's a hundred percent, Becky. Why why I do it, and there'll be like I've got a few other things coming up in in the future on on some different green energy initiatives and some different things that aren't all bad, that are kind of neat. But like I'm kind of a brazen oil and gas, hard hitting farmer, no bullshit kind of guy, and you can get that huge side of 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 people listening to what you say, and then one video, and you just be like, you can just put one message out there. And I really feel like I have a group of people that follow me that watch right to the end of my videos and listen to what I say. And so I did a video video called try like Terry. And I, like many people in my life have, have lost some people close to me to cancer. And there's a guy named Terry Fox. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he's a, he's a Canadian icon and he ran from St. John's Newfoundland. He was just short of 6,000 kilometers, basically halfway through Ontario to Thunder Bay, Ontario. And he did it on an artificial leg because he had cancer and he was trying to raise awareness for cancer and to raise money for cancer research and everything. And he's always been a hero of mine because what he did was absolutely completely amazing. He ran a a half marathon every day on one leg. And it's probably, if you ever get a chance to look through the story, uh, do it. The guy's name's Terry Fox. And I I stopped the monument they have made for him in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And it's, it was, it was a very moving moment in my life. But we were combining last fall and we were on a, doing a custom job for some guys up by Invermay. We only had a 160 acres left to combine and it wasn't quite ready. And there were some guys needed some help. So we went to help them out. And I was like, shit, it's Terry Fox on today. And I really wanted to do something for it. And so I was just like, I'm going to make a video about the Terry Fox. And I decided I was going to do it the night before. And I just did it as I did it. And my goal was to run 10 kilometers throughout the course of the day while we were combining. And I was running the trucks, so every now and then you'd have 20 minutes in between loads to to do something. And I would just go run a lap of the field or something. But I started videoing it, and then I started racing the combines and a few different things. And then we had a breakdown, and I had a – it's a long story. You should just watch the video. But 
at the end of it, I had 300 meters left that I needed to do to get to my 10 kilometers. And I was like, we'll do this uh, hurdle style. And I was like jumping hurdles over the canola swaths in a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and jeans. And it turned into the third largest Terry Fox fundraiser in the province of Saskatchewan. That's awesome. That's and how it's we, done. Yeah, we raised, uh, it was just short of $10,000. It just from people watching it. And I put a link below and they could donate to the Terry Fox Foundation. It, this video is on your channel? Yeah, it's, it's on my YouTube channel. It's called Try Like Terry. I just kind of did it throughout the course of the day and kept posting it to social media of the runs that I did and a few different things. And it was amazing. And, you know, there's, there's little things that you can do like that where I'll go out and cuss like a sailor and, and offend everybody on the face of the planet. And then uh, I did one called You Don't Know Jack. And when somebody's watching my YouTube channel and they see me on the, on the picture being like, quick dick saying you don't know jack this is going to be hilarious he's going to be roasting trudeau or something that's going to go on and it was actually a remembrance day tribute to a guy by the name of jack Scholes, who uh, i actually grew up knowing as a kid and he was a working cowboy here right close to tufnell who was actually on juno beach during the d-day invasion and it was a remembrance day video but you you get people diving in there being like quick dick's gonna give it to somebody here and then they watch it and you hit people in the fields when you do stuff like that because they're coming in to, to watch you do something and it and opens them up to something that they would never watch. Yeah. But they'll watch it and they'll be like, dude, that was that I I didn't know who Jack was, or I didn't know that this happened on Juno Beach or a few different things. And that's you know, I don't do it all the time, but every now and then I just like to put that message in there to be like, hey, like it's it's okay to be human and it's okay to be kind. And all of these things are okay. You know what I mean? You can still make jokes about strippers picking up their money with magnets. Yes, you can. And, and if then I you can ever run stop... through a canola field like Terry. <laughs> if I ever stop making stripper jokes, Zach, it's on you to, to get a hold of me and be like, hey, get yourself right. A few more stripper jokes, please. I'll be in touch. Yeah, yeah. We he'll need just, some stripper and dick jokes. He'll just send you a picture of a dick, just a dick drawing. <laughs> How do you, I'm going to draw him while he's on our computer. Right now. <laughs> I, I don't know if we need to go that far. You can just be like, check yourself and not send me. A picture. <laughs> not everybody responds to the same things as you, Randy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's going to do it for this episode with Quick Dick McDick. Make sure you guys tune in next time because our conversation actually went so long with him that you are going to get an entire second podcast with the man. So make sure you tune into that as Randy and I continue our fascinating conversation with Mr. Fast Penis McPenis. 